Hello, this is the Parent Panel. Each week we invite one mum and one dad on the show to chat about the events and news on the parenting scene. Today we have a mum who knows what to do if your child sticks a pee up their nose and a dad who woke up his own child singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I kind of feel like parenting is a good antidote to my anal retentiveness. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Sarah Hunstead is our mum. She has two girls who are 9 and 11 as of October. She's also the CEO of CPR Kids and she named her book after the time her child stuck a pee up her nose. Hi, Sarah. Hello. I don't so I don't suppose I can introduce you that way without asking how does one get a pee out of a nose? Not very easily <laughs> is the answer and not without a torrent of snot. Oh, beautiful. Well, on that note, I'll introduce our next, our other guest, Sean Zepps. He's a podcast host and blogger who has twins, a boy and a girl who are two years old. And Sean, I don't think it's fair either to introduce you that way without letting people know um, exactly what I'm talking about with Twinkle Twinkle. So let's have a listen, shall we? <gasps> Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are, up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky, oh, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder why. I have heard all cannot you. believe you figured out how to get me to sing on this show. I know. She has been bringing it up every episode I've every been on. Time. And she's like, I'm going to get you to sing. And I'm like, there's no way you're mm-hmm. going to get me to sing. Mm-hmm. And well, then he sang on Instagram. So uh-uh. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. <laughs> if I could get you back, I would. And I will. Because... I'll figure it out. Just you wait. <laughs> you need to own that. You were good. Thank I know. You. That's why I, That's why you won't get me back. Because I would never sing in public because I do not sound like that, but I loved, loved that so much. Oh, it's so funny. So I'm who did you were... wake up while you, who was on your chest? Cause you couldn't Cooper, see. Cooper. Yeah, yeah. He was he... not sleeping the entire time. It was more, he just like couldn't handle um, a I'm, joke at the end. I mean, we're getting too excited and your microphone's knocking all over the place. You right? You good? Good. Are you sure you don't want to sing again? No, I kind that's of it. want to hear I hit, Bar, Bar, I, Black You guys sheep. couldn't see, but I did fall to the floor. Like, I couldn't even look anyone <laughs> in the eyes. I was so mortified. It is brilliant. I reckon there's an album in it. <laughs> Remakes <laughs> of baby classics with too many riffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today, our topics are plans for Halloween, the superpower unlocked by the arrival of your children, and the stay-at-home points of pleasure and pain. First up today, what went out the window after you had kids? I don't eat meat. The baby wants bologna. Baby wants me to eat meat. Have you no morals? That's just being a parent. Get used to it, honey. 
Before we have our children, we can have some very fixed ideas about how we will parent. You may have had ideas about the kind of nappies you'll use or how much screen time you'll let them have. And then the baby comes and you realise it's all impossible and you're just keeping them alive. Um, Sarah, what best intentions did you have before babies that quickly disappeared in a cloud of talcum powder? Well, when I was pregnant, I had quite a few friends who had toddlers and I would listen to their conversations about how the toddler would get into their bed multiple times a night. And I remember saying to my husband, that will not be us. We will never let the toddlers into our bed. That is not going to happen. He's like, yeah, 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 no, I agree. Yeah, that won't happen in our household. Yeah, well, fast forward to age nine where she still slept on the floor in our room mm. <laughs> because that was the only way we could get sleep. Very, very quickly I realised that, you know what, your bedroom is no longer your sh- your sanctuary. Well, mm. nothing's anymore your sanctuary. Nothing sh- is. The toilet's not your you sanctuary. You can't poo on your own. You can't do ever. anything on your own. No, you can't. And no. so yeah, I realised, hang on a sec, this isn't about my zen area. What this is about is all the family getting as much sleep as possible. There you go. Mm-hmm. And so therefore... My kind of mum. Yep. <laughs> if that means leaving a mattress on the floor for when the two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old <laughs> is coming upstairs at two o'clock in the morning, it's going to happen. I think you did well that there's a mattress on the floor. I'm yeah. pretty sure my daughter's still going to be getting into bed with me at I nine. think there's a really interesting moment. It's probably 10 years away from you when your child has left the home and is just can't deal with you. Like, has their own house and you're not around anymore. And then you're just going to have this moment where you're like, I kind of wish that they were back here just for a moment every now and then on the floor. So soak it up. <laughs> Can I go and sleep on the floor in their bedroom when that happens? <gasps> oh, my God. That would be the In best. the middle of the night. Yes. Get a key. In. Done. They would freak out. Mom, what are you oh, doing here? Oh, oh, I just got a bad visual. What happens if they brought somebody home with oh, them? Oh, yeah, no, don't think about that. No, that's when you need to be there. Oh. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> what are your intentions? <laughs> my daughter. Oh. Sean, what about you? What went out the window for you? I actually had a long list and I was kind of writing them all up, thinking about this question. And then I realized the one that actually had the biggest impact on me and so hopefully has an impact on other people was I told myself I was going to be a stay-at-home parent. I was certain that my destiny was to be home with my children for many, many years. Um, And it was so difficult and so challenging and so isolating that I actually went back to work. Um, initially um, when the kids were seven months old. And so it really felt like a huge failure to me. I think a lot of the focus is on, I, I, you know, I thought I was going to do this with the kids and I ended up doing that. And to be honest with you, my list is 50 things. Everything went out the damn door. <laughs> but I was just most challenged by, and now I wear it as a kind of badge of honor, that I couldn't handle it. It was too difficult for me. I needed to get out. I was in a new country. I didn't have any friends here. And you have to kind of, you reevaluate what's important. And what ended up being important to me was having connections and not feeling isolated. So it ended up being a win. But in the moment, God, that was like a, a major failure. Like, I, I was sure I was going to be amazing at this. And then I didn't well, think you, that I was. You are amazing at it. But I've got to say... Um, I can't think of anything because my expectations of myself were so low. <laughs> I was like, like maybe no I'll be able to do it. I heard people saying things about cloth nappies, and I didn't even consider it for a second. I'm like, 
cloth nappies as if I'm going to do that. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I guess the secret, my secret is just to have low expectations of yourself and then you don't throw anything out the window. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. <laughs> Me neither. Because <laughs> then you can only get better. Sure. Right? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Right, I'm next. <laughs> Halloween is coming up. So what are our guests planning? What are you doing dressed up like Santa Claus? It's Halloween. I'm a banana. I'm a banana. I'm practically Dalmatian. Gee, who are you supposed to be? I'm Harry Potter. Ah, Harry Potter. He's our go-to costume for everything. Thank God he can cross over to Book Week, Halloween. Yes. Just general dress-ups. Multi-purpose is Harry. Ah, Thank you, J.K. Rowling. Uh, In recent years, Australians have started celebrating Halloween, but compared to the United States, we're still in our early years of this holiday. Uh, So... An example of this is Google, who've released the top baby outfits for Halloween. And number one is the banana, which is awesome. But I'm not sure that we've quite got to the level of dressing up our babies. Um, although older kids and those with American parents are loving the celebration. I have to, I mean, I've kind of used this question simply because you're on the program, Sean. How do you do Halloween in your house? I mean, I grew up in a serious party-driven, holiday-focused family. And so Halloween is without a doubt my favorite holiday. Moving here, it was on the very top of my cons list when deciding if it was something (laughs) I wanted to do. No joke, the number one thing was like a country that doesn't get the importance of Halloween. And so I was really happy when I moved here and realized that it is picking up steam. My kids are still a little young. So two years old, it's not like we're going to go out and they're definitely not going to consume a lot of candy, but we'll dress them up. Um, Did you dress them up last year? I've dressed them up every year. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, it's we are not a Christmas card kind of family. We're not like taking the polished photo. Um, And so for us kind of dressing up as a family with the four, while the kids still want to be a part of a, a family theme was important to us. We'll have candy. People shop or hop around on the street. And as parents, this is something I think hasn't really happened here yet. But Halloween doesn't stop in America or in the UK when you get to a specific age. You stop going out and about and looking for candy, but it's just as big at work. You dress up with your friends, you go drinking. There are huge adult parties and bars that open up and everyone dresses up. And so this year, my husband and I are going to go to Luna Park. Luna Park does like a big Halloween event. Oh, wow. And it has alcohol. So if you have kids, you can go to Spooksville, it's called this year, I think. And if you're an adult, you can go at night and they have like haunted mazes, which I will not go into because I'm petrified of anything. But I will drink and I will have What are you going to dress up as, are you allowed to say? I mean, I I wanted it to be like a surprise, but what I will say is my daughter's name is Stella and my son's name is Cooper, which both happen to be beers. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Sarah, you just bear with me for a moment. I, I have to pick at this a little bit more. So what have you dressed your kids up as in the past? Um, the first year we were condiments. I was ketchup. No, and my husband was relish and the kids were mustard and ketchup or tomato sauce. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing a blank. That's the important one. And it's often included in like 10 best gay family photos. <laughs> it's in that list. You'll see like randomly on like Mamma Mia. Oh, I 
love it. So I it. own it. I'm proud of that one. Good on you. Did mm. you do? Um, I've always wondered about the pumpkins because I kind of feel like if we're going to embrace the holiday as Australians, we need to embrace the pumpkin, the mm. carving of mm. the pumpkin. But it seems a little bit daunting. I struggle with the whole carving of a pumpkin thing for one reason and one reason only is they like die right away and they like fall oh, in and kids they? smash them. Oh, so, the rotting <gasps> pumpkin. Ooh, so I'm all about the new modern age, oh. which is painting it. Oh. Easy breezy. You can put it out a month ahead of time. <laughs> and if you're really clever, when you're finished, cut off the painted part and you get pumpkin soup. Oh, look Come at on, you. Again. Really, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, now we're going to switch to the Australian side. Oh. Your girls are a bit older. So when they were little, you we wouldn't have been doing Halloween. No, we weren't. Although, now this is this, this, I have such conflicting emotions about this. I've got the, it's such a community thing. We get out there, we meet our neighbours. I remember the first time that uh, the girls actually wanted to go out and trick-or-treating. We met some fabulous people in the streets around us who, because we were relatively new to the area mm. and it was such a good thing to do in that way. And then, you know, I go to the, hang on a sec, but this isn't an Australian tradition. I don't even know what Halloween's about. Why are we getting out here? I even said to my kids, I said, do you know what Halloween is? And they looked at me, looked at each other and went, oh dear, here's one of mum's questions again. <laughs> yep, okay. <laughs> and they kind of looked and they went, it's an American celebration, but we get lots of lollies. <laughs> is that the right answer, mum? Like, well, anyway, so we looked it up together, but it's one of those things now that because so many of the kids are doing it, we've got a street just near our house, which goes all mm. out. It's 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 called. There's always one street. Yep. There is. It's called Creep Street. Oh, so, that's why. Yeah, it's nice fantastic. One. And so you know, everybody goes all out. We even there's barbecues happening. You know, everything. But it's kind of the whole. I've still grown up with a generation where we didn't do it. So it's well, do I let my kids embrace it? Even though I don't fully understand it, it's a great community thing. Yeah, I guess. I just so. want to do it so I can dress up because I love. Dressing up. Well, that was the that's the one thing that sways me. The Hunsteads like a dress up. Oh, good. We have nice. You're a on dress board. up box yes. that is not just for the children. Ooh. Yes. Oh, oh, well, well, okay. Well, that's not where I was going with that. But if you want to take it there, go ahead. Why not? Um, I why wasn't not? going there, but now we have no choice but that, to go that's there. That's so true. That's so true. The last party I went to, I dressed up as a houseplant, but. Anyway, that is awesome. You're invited I'm... to my next party. Done. <laughs> what about me? You can come too. You haven't told me your outfit yet. We could do matching <laughs> costumes. <laughs> Houseplants house or bust? <gasps> uh, I just, yeah. no, I've got to say, I've always loved a good dress up. But since becoming a parent, I do not have the energy I did in my 20s. Mm. I once went to a friend's 21st. The theme was reflections. And I sewed CDs onto a skirt. I had silver so- uh, stockings, silver shoes. I put pine cleaners in my hair. Don't ask me how that's reflexive. It it was meant to be. And then we had some kind of weird reflective boob tube thing. And we were walking up the driveway to his party and all the people around us were dressed normally. And it was my friend and I exactly the same, wearing the same reflective outfit. So we stood out like sore thumbs and it was like walking up going, I don't think anyone else dressed up. We are in such a world of pain right now. But they did. But that's the kind of effort I used to put in. And now I have kids. I'm just waking up's an effort. I'm a mom today. (laughs) What's that? You're like, I'm a mom today. I'm a mom today. That's all I do. I was really hopeful. You bring up a really interesting subject. Like 
what I love about Australia and what I admire about the culture is a kind of like no bullshit. Um, we're not going to just do something because we're supposed to. And what has happened to Halloween is it's lost its original tradition. It's not an American holiday by any means, but we take it like we do most things and destroy it, like shove it into the <laughs> ground and, and make it expensive and costly yes. and turn it into this corporate whatever. The history of dressing up for Halloween, the celebration was around genuine like ghouls and being properly scary. And so when I see a list that's like, the banana's the number one costume, I'm like, is the banana rotten? <laughs> there are bugs inside of it. I want to see Aussies own, if they're going to attach themselves to Halloween, which they clearly are, it, it's growing. It's just, yeah, having some fun with it. It obviously was a holiday that was used to kind of make kids a little bit nervous. But the root of almost everything that we push onto kids, nursery rhymes, Christmas, like this kind of deep, dark Kris Kringle man who sneaks into your home. So I'm hopeful that over the next couple of years, children like yours, I go, it's, uh, the American <laughs> way is this way. But like for one day and one day only, we're going to be scary. We're going to be spooky. We're going to dress up like ghosts and creatures. <laughs> I oh. thought you were going to say you're just going to turn every tradition into some dark and scary <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> the nine-year-old's already asked me to buy the fake blood so she can look like she's had a head severed. Oh. Children of nurses. I mean, yeah, I'm I into read. this. <laughs> I love them already. All right, I'm moving on. Uh, parenting superpowers, powers, they exist. So what ones did our guests discover after their babies arrived? That's up next on The Parent Panel. Being a parent is hard. Amy is Usain Bolt. I've been training for years. I'm sorry, I'm just not giving up. Shouldn't she be called Superwoman? American sprinter Allison Felix just broke Usain Bolt's record in a mixed relay competition 10 months after giving birth to her baby girl. Sarah, not to put you on the spot, because I'm not sure you would have done sprints like that but I'm sure you did something equally impressive what superpower did you discover after your babies were born well first up 10 minutes after my babies were 10 minutes no 10 months after my babies were born I'm not sure that my vagina would have been in <laughs> the fit state to be running and breaking insane bolt records just saying no no but you know now that you've put the it pelvic out there floor I mean oh, yeah. were you working on your pelvic floor or not yeah, Sarah? are you working it... on it now yep <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Please, don't sorry, apologize sorry. to me. Who said I wasn't doing my Kegel exercises yeah, too? Exactly. True. Yeah. Is it easier for women to I do them? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. I think we should leave it there and move on because this could just keep getting worse. True, true. Okay. So I am a thousand percent have a superpower. Which is? Which is? Knowing what my children are doing, even when I'm not in the same room as them. Oh, mm -hmm. how do you do it? Well, it's very, very interesting. I think if we really drilled down into the superpower, it would be super hearing. Yeah. Or perhaps it's being able to differentiate between sounds. So we know what kind of sounds are expected with the activity that they were doing. And if they differ, if they differ from that then we know they're up to something. Uh -huh. So the ability for me to be in the bathroom doing something 
and there's silence in the lounge room or the kitchen and then you hear the creak of the refrigerator. <laughs> you know they're not yep. going for a carrot. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, Nancy yes. Drew over oh, here. I love it. Yeah. They are not going for the carrot. <laughs> they are going for the chocolate cake in the fridge mm-hmm. or the secret stash of the chocolate that's not so up secret, in eh? the top corner of the pantry yes. that all of us parents have. That's true. That we think that our children don't know about. So that yell out the whole... I can hear you in the fridge. Stop, put the chocolate cake down. And then you hear this silence and they go, how did you know? (laughs) How does she know? I've heard my children whisper to each other, don't touch that, she'll know. (laughs) (laughs) You've got them in a really good place. It is. And it also translates to screen time as well. So I'm at the stage now where um, I'm... You know, we've got rules in the house, you know, for example, if we've got YouTube on, then they need to be present so I can see what's actually on the screen. But if, you know, for example, you know, they're watching a bit of ABC iView upstairs in my bed while I'm doing something downstairs or whatever, whatever they're doing, they think that I can see everything that's going on (laughs) on the screens as well through my iPhone. Oh, did you tell them that's what it does? Yeah. No, of course one. I did. I mean, you can, can't you? Well, yeah, to a, to a certain mm. extent you can, yep. but in real time, um, sometimes you can't on some devices. But they are convinced that they could put the TV on, on free-to-air TV, and I will know everything that they are watching through the iPhone. Oh, yeah. love yeah. it. So the superpower is knowing what they're doing even when I'm not in the same room. Oh, that is amazing. I think I have to develop that one. Mm, what is yours? Uh it's really lame. I feel like it's not. It's so lame. I think my superpower is patience. That's not lame. That's well, outstanding. Well, it's hmm, maybe it's just my own impression. You know how you have a certain perspective of your own life and other people are like, mm, no, you're not patient at all. Mm. But I, my kids have made the comment a few times that I am less shouty than daddy. Yes. And... Um, I've noticed that I, I think I know that I have patience as a superpower is because I lose the superpower when I'm sick mm. and I was recently sick and I was an absolute bitch. Mm. So I'm thinking that maybe that it is an actual superpower I have so long as I'm not under the weather. <laughs> and, and I'm saying only for my kids. My husband does not get the benefit of the patient superpower. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. This is parenting less. superpowers, not husband superpowers. Thank you. That's very true. I'm glad you clarified that for me, Sean. What, what's yours? I have a lame one and like a funny one. My lame one is not lame, which is for a man, I have empathy all the way up out through my pores. It's like something I'm really proud of and I'm quite aware and shocked by how empathetic I have become. It's often thought of as a female characteristic and there's no female in our house. And so I've really leaned into and expressed how loving and supportive and how much attention I can um, spend on both of my children's emotions and putting myself in their shoes, really leaning into what it means to be a conscious parent and aware of what stage they're at. So I'm very proud of that. My funny one <laughs> is when I was a stay-at-home parent, obviously two uh, you know, twins, I figured out that I have an unbelievable ability to use my feet for things. I'm just like one. I was a professional dancer, so I knew I was, you know, very flexible. But I wasn't aware that as a dancer, you can manipulate your toes. You can point Mm -hmm. them very, very, very far. And then when I became a dad and was, for example, (laughs) sitting Indian style or uh, what is that called in Australia? You know, with your legs crossed um, on the ground. And I'd have one 
kid in one arm, one in the other, and then something would happen. I'd have to... Get a bottle. Get a bottle. I'd have to open a door. Mm. I would have to take a picture with my phone. I'm just getting visuals of that guy from X-Men with the really big feet. Oh, the blue one? The blue one. Mm. That you don't. He doesn't know what we're talking about. Oh, no, I'm just He's, going right to Hulk. There's yeah, a blue one? There's, there's a blue one, one that's a with different, extraordinary feet. Okay. Different universe. Mm. Okay, got it. Well, show my Sean. weaknesses there. That's not my superpower. <laughs> Look, you, you are a superhero with amazing feet. You don't have to know which superhero exactly. yeah. universe you should you're be in. paying attention to me. That's exactly right. Um, our final topic in just a moment, the points of pleasure and pain of staying at home. Raising children can be a challenging and rewarding experience. Feed Play Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt, is a bite-sized parenting podcast that's here to walk, skip and jump beside you as your children grow. I speak to experts and real parents about everything from finding your mama instinct to starting solids. So join me and we can all thrive and learn together. Feed Play Love, available wherever you get your podcasts. Just to be able to kind of stop in this moment to, to spend time with my, my new young family and, yep. and uh, just have the, the greatest time ever. Now I'm just like a stay-at-home dad. I just stay home and do very little. Those babies are so precious. I'm obsessed with them. I mean, I know that's a good thing because they're my children. Yes. But like, <laughs> I really, they're just, I want to, that's why I don't do much because I love hanging. Right. I mean, like, I genuinely just like adore them. Now that's musician Adam Levine. Levine? Levine. Levine, thank you. He is now a proper stay at home dad, although I'm kind of doubting that when he said he does very little. I'm like, yeah, exactly. is that because you've got five nannies? You were on The Voice two months ago, so I'm not sure how at home you were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now you are. And anyway, he says he's loving it yeah. uh, and not having to work as hard as he did on the show. Again, not sure he's actually staying <laughs> yeah. at home. Um, but what it did make me think about was uh, that I took some time off these school holidays um, and was with the kids. And it was such an interesting day. We went to the museum, we went on the ferry, um, and I don't get to do that often with the kids, particularly not on my own. And I was loving it. But it strikes me as a really strange kind of privilege when you stay. I mean, obviously, this was one day, but a privilege to stay at home. And it is strange because you have these moments that are so wonderful and fulfilling and just delightful that you wouldn't get anywhere else and then you also have the extreme frustration when they fight over an empty video case which was the last fight my children Mm had Um, or you know you're just bored or you feel isolated and so it's this really weird mixture of pleasure and pain whether it's one day or you're there the whole time. Um, So Sean what were your particular points of pleasure and pain when it comes to staying home with the kids? I adored it. Um, So I'm part-time now, and so I have the opportunity to be with the kids alone um, three days a week and really enjoy getting out of the house. Like, I enjoy that there are days during the week where most of the world goes to their nine-to-five job. The streets are empty, the boat, the ferry, there's less people on it. And so I've become quite obsessed, and I think it's a real you know, beautiful part about being a stay-at-home parent, whether it's part-time or full-time, of getting to explore Australia, specifically Sydney, um, without crowds, to go to the beach on a Monday or a Tuesday in the middle of the day and just 
soak Sydney up. I love taking ferry rides with the kids and only having, you know, six people on there. And so I think that is beautiful. If you're a stay-at-home parent, I think you forget while it's happening that most people only get time with their kids at night, early in the morning, where they're not going out and about. And then on the weekends, when everyone is at the park, when everyone is at Nubo, when everyone and everyone. And so I think that's something that I've just started to own. Obviously, there's a long list of things that aren't great. It's a messy house, and I really like things to be clean. But actually, the the biggest con for me is my husband missing out on so much of the experience. So for so much of my children's lives, it's really been me as the primary caregiver. I have a very strong bond and connection with the kids. When you're sleep training, uh, potty training, um, actually just every aspect of training, it, you don't even realize that it takes you 16, 23 days to master something, and then your expectation gets chucked on your partner that they're going to be able to do it in a day or do it without even knowing that they're supposed to. And so there have been a couple moments in the last couple months where I've thought, I can tell he's missing out and that's a bummer. Um, And that is a con because the isolating thing, I think some people think you're just with kids, but another part of that isolation is is losing your partner and not getting Mm -hmm. that alone time with them. My husband and I were on the couch watching, not watching TV, just working last night for the first time in a while. And I was like, we were laughing really hard. And I remember thinking, it used to just be us in this home and we had all of these moments and that's gone. Um, and so that's definitely a con being mm. a stay at home. Yeah. Sarah, um, what were you, what are your points of pleasure and pain? It's really interesting how that now that my children are older, that it's like, it's completely turned on itself. Whereas where I, when I was at home with two kids under, you know, what I had two kids under two, which is certainly not the same as twins. So, you know, don't worry about that. I'm not taking that away. Cause I, yep, I take my hat off to any parent of multiples, mm. but I just remember the isolation when my husband would come, come home, I would just have verbal diarrhea, just wanting to be able to get at all of those things mm. that I'd been itching to talk about during the day. And I'm the type of person who actually really needs to work. Um, um, that's just what I need to do. That's what works best for me. And it helps me to be a better parent mm. to be able to do that. And I remember one thing I loved when they were little is that we weren't held to anybody else's time constraints, that we could do what we wanted when we wanted to, apart from the children's time constraints with mm-hmm. their sleeps and yeah. things like that. But we weren't subject to a workplace or something like that. But now that the kids are older, and I know that there's lots of people out there who will be absolutely wanting to just tear me down by saying this, but I love school holidays. I love the opportunity to actually spend time with the kids. And they're at that age where I think they actually really do still want to spend time with me as well and with the family. And I work, tend to work half the holidays and I take um, half the holidays off. That's what I try to do or bring the kids to work with me which is also a luxury that a lot of people don't get to do. Mm. And I realise how lucky I am. But I really love that opportunity to spend time with them. And so I guess what are the cons? Well, the cons are, particularly now that they're older, is that they just need to be – they they 
eat all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They are constantly, and we're not just talking like, you know, a few snacks here and there. My two children are particularly athletic and they eat more than a 17-year-old boy does in one sitting. So for me, it's the, okay, food, let's keep all the food going. (laughs) Food train. Exactly. Shopping, 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 shopping. shopping. That's right. That's right. And Mm. when we're out, it's, mum, we're hungry. Okay, yep, but it's not a kitty meal or two kitty meals and a grown-up meal. Now it's like four adult meals to pay for. Wow. So, but anyway, it's good. It's all it's good. good. Well, that was our last topic. God, that flew past. It did. But before um, I let you guys go, I know you've both got stuff going on that I would love to hear about. Sarah, you've just released your programs online, your first aid courses online. Is oh, that right? We have. We have because we know that even though a face-to-face paediatric first aid class is exactly what every parent needs to do, time, geography. There are lots and lots of barriers to that. So we will bring the first aid course to you. So it's proper e-learning. It's not just a bunch of videos. We've released CPR and choking for babies and children, and we will have a whole lot of first aid topics released by the end of the year. Exciting. And Sean, you've got a new podcast. Yeah. That's exciting. Very exciting. And it's not about parenting. It's not. It's my first thing in the last couple of years that's not parenting related, but I have spent the last 10 years as a social media executive in the advertising industry. The podcast is called Clickbait. It is um, with a company called True Sydney that I've been working for full-time and part-time for the last um, two years. And it's basically a show. We care about social media. We care about digital media, but we actually don't know much about it. It, it uh, you know, consumes our lives and, and the phone and the email and ad are all things we know exist, but most of us don't spend a lot of time trying to understand what's happening in real time. And We know we should be concerned about Facebook. We should be aware of our privacy. But most people just know that one sentence. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm supposed to be concerned. But, like, what does it take to get up to speed? And usually all of this larger topic is just chucked full of industry terms and lingo. And so most people just turn it out. When you're on news.com or whatever, you just skip past it. It's like, oh, something with Facebook, I'll read the headline and move on. So what we're attempting to do is just distill it down to layman terms. What do you actually need to know every single week in an easily digestible way? So we're two episodes in and it goes out every Thursday and I'm super excited about oh, it. Oh, it's very exciting. Okay, well, I'll definitely put links to both of those things so people can find you. And where are you online? You can find me on Instagram at Sean Zepps. Are you on Insta? Yes. Sarah? Of course you Everything are. at CPR Kids. Beautiful. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us.